This is Scott Fishman with Anthroposophy Today. This week, Serena and I discuss the fifth grade. The students have officially landed here on Earth, and most are happy to be here. Sarita describes them as beautiful in the way they move, and how one can see the inner light and beauty shine forth from them, along with their childlike nature. In the earlier grades, history was taught indirectly with the other subjects. But in the fifth grade, history is now taught in specific blocks. Sarita outlines how the children learn about ancient India, Persia, Egypt, Chaldea, Babylonia, the Hebrew and Greek cultures. The classes also continue to study geography and foreign languages. Botany is introduced, and the study of animals is deepened from previous years. In math, the students continue to work with fractions and also start with decimals. As always, the learning in all areas is alive and experiential, not abstract, including a mini Olympics called a pentathlon, which the children partake in at the end of the year, which displays many of the virtues of the Greek culture. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or comments on the episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at anthroposophytodaypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like more information, you can check out our blog post for this or any of our other episodes at www.anthroposophytoday.com. All right. Welcome back. Let's this one's going to be good. I can feel it. Grade five is is uh, is uh, is very interesting to me. So um, last 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 time we did grade four, mm-hmm. and so take it away. Here we are going into fifth grade. So um, uh, fifth grade is an important year. In this particular year, is very important because it's sort of like uh, crossing the threshold, mm. leaving something. I mean, at, in fifth grade, the children are. Um, 10 and becoming 11, and some of them will have become 11 already in the summer. And as you can see, if you know any 10, 11-year-olds, they are, you know, taller and they are more here. I mean, they are definitely here in earth, meaning you can see in their eyes, you can see in their way that Mm -hmm. they strive. And also this um, time in the life of a child or the life of a human is... um, almost like they're happy to be here. You mm-hmm. can see they're very, most of them are, I mean, I'm talking in general terms. Mm-hmm. They're very coordinated. Um, they usually display a wonderful, um, if they have gotten into the, uh, artistic movements or like ballet or gymnastics, mm-hmm. things like that. They are in, incredible, even at that age. I mean, not that they weren't incredible before, but at this age, you can really see um, forms in them that uh, almost like geometrical forms mm-hmm. are um, formed in beauty. You can see it better. So I'm talking about sort of the, f- the f- a physical element of the body. Mm-hmm. But also you can see at this age, and I, I want to call it like an inner light, like an inner beauty that comes through. You can see it in their eyes. Something is a little mm-hmm. bit different. So um, 
because of all of these that I just said, uh, and the child, when I mentioned the crossing the threshold, is because the following year they will be in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And that marks in um, middle school, in a way, six, seven, and eight. Um, some schools in Waldorf, they have separation of these grades, meaning they are in different parts of the, I mean, they still get mixed up with the younger kids, but they are in different areas of the uh, buildings, meaning in a different section. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if, if if the architecture of the place permits allows it. it yeah, allows sure. it. Uh, but anyways, because uh, you can really see in six, seven, and eight, as we will talk in the future, they are very, very different. Yeah. So fifth grade, they are still a little bit childlike, but there is another um, de- uh, development happening there. Mm-hmm. So, because this year, um, the, be, it is very important in this year that as the third grade, as you remember, we talked about how there is a transition then. This is also a transition in the sense that we need to introduce new subjects. That's what we do. We introduce in fifth grade new subjects that we haven't done before. For example, history. Mm-hmm. We have studied history in ways um, as stories and legends through the Old Testament when we did enter gray and the Norse sagas, you know, in, in fourth grade. But there wasn't really a blog for that. They were the underlying or the umbrella stories happening through the mm-hmm. entire year. This time we actually have blogs for history. For history, yeah. And we study uh, specific things. So we start, you know, sometimes people do two blocks of history. Sometimes they do one block. It depends on what you have. But if you actually can do it, it's great to do two blocks of history mm-hmm. because you can divide one of the early part of the year, mm-hmm. meaning in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you more or less what we do. And then the other one towards the end. And then uh, I will talk about that. Also, why is important that towards the end? Because this is something um that all Walder schools around the world do it. Mm-hmm. And I will get to that, what, what that is. So um, we usually start with um, ancient India. Mm-hmm. That's how we start um, the, the first block of history. And let me back up a little bit. So mm-hmm. we, we study history and also geography. These are two new things that we introduce as blocks. We have done blocks of geography. As, I don't know if you remember when we spoke on fourth grade mm-hmm. about the local surroundings. So that was a block. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we st- we started the history there, but now we don't mix about because in in fourth grade we do a little bit of history with the stories of the what's happening there and in whatever yep. you come from the, li- the, the the that's what I said local region or area that you are located when you are doing these studies. Um, so we may do a little history with the stories or something there, but it's not separate from uh, the geography. Mm-hmm. And we don't go into details that you would tell a middle schooler or a high schooler. This mm-hmm. is more a story still. Mm-hmm. So in fifth grade, it's a different subject. And the reason why we don't mix history with geography is because um, history is more... Um, it brings the child into himself or herself, the history. You know, it starts from the remote past, goes mm-hmm. to the present, and it brings you into, into, into you. Like if you ever study, you can even test it. 
uh, with us as adults. If you study history, if you read something historical, it becomes very personal, very, you know, mm -hmm. in, you go in, into mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Whereas geography goes from, as I explained to you how we study in fourth grade, it starts with your immediate mm -hmm. presence. Like, and goes out. Exactly. Like mm -hmm. the desk. Remember that we started like the desk right. and then you go into the classroom and then into the school mm. and then into the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Or you can do it, your classroom in your home and then your house and then you go out. Right. You go so you go there. from in to out, whereas history goes from out to in. Out to in. So mm. you start with the remote yeah. past, yeah. which yeah. is out, you could say, and then you go to, to, to almost you like bring a it little, closer bring it closer and closer sure. until it's mm -hmm. in. Yeah, so this is where it's important, Steiner, um, Dr. Steiner um, uh, suggested this. These are part of the guidelines, mm. the indications because of this. So everything in Waldorf has a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just mm -hmm. a whim of somebody. Sure. And it wasn't a whim of Dr. Steiner. It was um, based everything in the knowledge and study of the human being. Yeah. As human being, not as becoming from this country or from this uh, any background or not mm -hmm. is everything and yeah. he, everything that you study and you go along the times as i'm going to show you now with the history he, you study all religions all uh, right. peoples of the earth everything mm -hmm. and it goes into different times yeah so the reason why we study in ancient in india as i say is because uh, we don't study indias now we go like i say ancient india we start right. To, right. in the really really remote past right and um, we're we're talking, I guess historically, if if you wanted to put it like dates on it, it's post flood. Yeah, it's like the 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 current iteration of our existence post flood began with what we are now referring to as ancient India. Yeah. And of course, people will say, well, what? So how, how do we go with information about that? Well, what we have mm -hmm. from that time are in incredible um, uh, literature, mm -hmm. you know, right. written, right. Uh, the Vedas, the, Vedas. And the, the, the written right. poetry that was, right. in, is incredible. We still right. have it. Um, so we start with that. Yeah. And so, and just to put a little clarification, this is no history filled with facts and numbers mm -hmm. and and dates. No, right. not at all. This is done um, in a still image way, artistic and very uh, imaginative. Using imagination. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just yeah. went into Spanish. Usa using yeah, imaginative. Yeah, in very the sense of using imagery. Exactly. Yeah. Very imagery. Uh, pictorial right. way, and the way you do that is, of course, with drawings, and we use the blackboards. Mm -hmm a lot on drawings uh, that we make right. for the children, but also in the language uh, through either uh, poetry or literature or stories that we tell them. Mm -hmm. um, there's a wonderful stories about Zarathustra yeah. and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And then the in, in India we have, uh, for example, I brought here um, a, a poem uh, that, that I'm going to read 
um, that are the words of Krishna. And mm -hmm. this comes from the Bhagavad Gita, Gita, which is a holy. Do you want me to help yes. you with that pronunciation? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's please a hard do. one. Please do. <laughs> a Bhagavad Gita. Exactly. That. So the, Sorry. Or in English, you would say the Bhagavad Gita. But yeah. the B-H yeah. is a Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, I know Gita, you study so this anyway. a lot. So that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. I'm very happy that you <laughs> yeah. interject in okay. any moment that, you yeah. know, uh, with these words that are a little hard for me. So these are the words of Krishna, and this is the poem. Uh, life cannot slay, life is not slain. Never the spirit was born, the spirit shall cease to be never. Never was time, it was not. End and beginning are dreams. Birthless and deathless and changeless remains the spirit forever. Death has not touched it at all, death through the house of its seams. Nay, but as when one layeth, 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 layeth yeah. he's worn our robes away, and talking new one saith, This will I wear today. So pull, put it by the spirit. Lightly eats grab of flesh and passeth to inherit a resident afresh. Mm. So these these poems that can be used, of course, because the ancient Indians were so so far away in mm -hmm. a way, the consciousness are so very different than ours. But still, the child can grasp mm -hmm. the beauty sure. of the language. And as as I told you in fourth grade, the children are starting to wake up to the beauty of language to what, what, how it makes you feel. And in this uh, part of the world of education, grade one to eight, we focus on beauty, mm. everything that has to do with beauty mm -hmm. um, as a threefolded way. You know, mm -hmm. the early years is um, connected to the well forces, the middle years, which are grade one to eight, are connected to the beauty forces, the feeling realm, Everything that has to do with feeling, no emotions, feeling, and which is very different. Right, right. And then the high school years are focused on truth. Mm. Thinking, I know my right? truth, but the truth that is presented through our studies, through um, things that we observe, and a lot of things through all the years in grade school and in, especially in high school is all through observations, Gertenian observation, if we do experiments or study any science. And we can talk about Gertenian mm -hmm. science and perhaps we can create another podcast where yeah, we talk right. about that and why is that yeah. essential for the teacher and also uh, we digest that into how to present um, the natural sciences. Yeah, right. And of so, course, so, so that would, in high school, we would call that the thinking yes, phase. The thinking and so you're phase. saying uh, pre first grade is willing. It's the willing force. Willing. We focus on Action all the willing force. Moving forces. and yeah. willing. All yeah, the willing yeah, forces. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you always are mixing all of these three of forces course, right. because they're all part of us. You know, yeah. the, the, the will forces are engaged in everything that has to do with our limbs. Mm -hmm. The feeling forces is everything that has to do, let's say, in the middle part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the heart, mm -hmm. what makes us move, our souls are connected in this region mm -hmm. of us. And our head is the thinker. Right. And, but they never are separate. They're all together. Sure. But when right. I'm talking about these this, uh, times or these stages, sure. is that we focus everything on this right. so that we are in a way, awaken these forces and informing them in a wholesome way. 
And so as a backdrop to this whole journey that you're taking us through, mm -hmm. and of course, as we discussed earlier, this is this is um, a, a, a talk geared to, let's say, teachers or parents, not to the students per yeah. se. The students don't need to know what I'm about to say in a sense about the the formation of some of this, uh, the, the, we're not calling it a curriculum, um, but the idea that we're going through a process of beauty, uh, willing, feeling, and thinking. These we don't are, talk to the children about that. Right, of no. course, none of this. That's just for, for us to know what is the what's going what on, is going on and right. what is an important, our objective, our main purpose right. for this particular stage. So we kept going back to um, what is it? What is this about? Because right. sometimes um, we tend to, like if we're starting story, let's say history, and we're doing India, for example, well, then we want to, Talk about Gandhi and this. I mean, that comes later. Right, right. So that's the whole purpose of Waldorf Education is that it's a golden thread that goes from the beginning through the end of the, the, the years. And they were always awakened things that we have started in early years where we have put a little C. Right. And then because it's a little bit, um, and I think we forget that an 11-year-old, of course, can handle a lot. But what do we need to become so factual and so mm. abstract that it doesn't really yeah. mean anything? It becomes yeah. mechanical. Right. So what we try to do is to awaken the feeling force of our humanity in always right. and always in everything in in world of education is a social study. Always, mm. everything, math, everything is a social study because ideally, what um, anthroposophy brought to us by Dr. Steiner was to um, make us uh, awake and develop our humanness, mm -hmm. our humanity mm -hmm. as an individual, but more importantly, as a social group. Right. And that is huge. So we don't, again, teach the children this because right. it's done through all the lessons, all the stories, right. everything that, and, and we have to be very careful as teachers and parents, if we are homeschooling, of our own subjectivity. And that's another topic that we say we will talk in another mm. podcast about the inner work of the teacher mm -hmm. or you know whoever is a teacher, whether you're in a classroom or in the home, because um, that's where the inner work comes in as a key, because if we are not aware of our own subjectivity in things. And it will become really apparent when mm -hmm. you are working on mm -hmm. uh, preparing the lessons. Certain topics will bring things right. in right. you like anger or, mm -hmm. or passion. And you have to be careful that we're not making the children in our own image. Right. We are, our mission is to awaken, as I say, education, the word education comes from the word educare. Mm. which means a Latin, which mm -hmm. means to awaken. Right. So according to anthroposophy and according to what Dr. Steiner brought to us, uh, we are awakened. We, we have everything in us. We just have to be awakened by experiences, right. Right. By, by things that we learn, right. by things that we do, and then we go. And then you can see there are people who gravitate towards certain things and others don't. Right. You know, um, we can also, if you 
uh, the listener believes in um, reincarnation and other lives, um, you know, we can see in some of the children what children have had certain incarnations, meaning lives, in certain periods, mm -hmm. very strongly. They just, right. Woof, right. Egypt, oh, they become right. enamored right. and that's right. just, and you will right. see the stuff that they, some is India, right. some is Persia, some is Greece. I mean, you will see it through the entire world of I remember years. there's a, one of the kids who was, who, um, when we went through the Middle Ages, uh, he just developed this fascination with becoming the blacksmith, if you will. I could just see him with his anvil, you know, forging weapons uh, or something. You know, I made that up, but he lit up yeah. at that part of the 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 whole education process and others you know just didn't appear to him yeah. and, and of course it's not quote proof but you know it when we're trying to uh figure out this riddle the human being of course. and trying to figure out who you are who you were and who you're you're about to be these things are uh, why does one particular person yeah. dr be drawn so strongly to a particular exactly. time and, and age. And I think that it, it helps you to remain open and flexible when you actually, even if you don't believe in that, sure. if you actually yeah. just observe, right. because this is another element of the inner work of the teacher, mm -hmm. observation, and it's another element of the Gertanian, I don't want to say method, because it's not a method, mm -hmm. it's a, a way of doing scientific research, right. whether it is a spiritual scientific research on, with your own self, or others research. I think you meant to say Gertian research, not yeah. the Gertian. Yeah, sorry, Gertian research. So the Gertianum is an actual building. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And Gertian observation is a whole subject yeah, yeah. in and of itself, which is, we should just digress for a second, is, is to some degree in contrast with the modern scientific method where, which, um, you know, Gertian observation, again, it's a long conversation, but basically um, doesn't define things. It's always characterizing things. You're always observing, constantly observing. And then as that, the, the data, if you will, comes to you, 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 don't, you don't pin it down and call it done. You keep it alive. And then from there, realizations and ideas come to you both from what may have been to where it's going. And, and all of this becomes a process which then leads to discovery, uh, intuition, inspiration, and discovery of whatever it is you're examining and observing, whether it's a child or whether it's the world. And this uh, allows for the scientist or the teacher or whatever to be much more in tune with what's really going on, rather than just starting with a data set and processing it like a, like a machine. Yeah. And so. Exactly. Uh, That's what I meant when I said we need to um, leave it for another podcast right. where we can really right. go and right. make justice right. to what, what is this? Right. You know, and I'm sorry, I mis no, mis okay. mispronounced okay. the word. To, I know what the Gertian observation is. Right. I use it all right. the time. But, um, and I, I think that. It will take all the time that we yep. have today yep. to talk about it, sure. but you did a yep. very nice mm. a synthesis of mm. what is and how it is used. It's not only used for um, working with the children in natural science, 
uh, but also is very important if a teacher uses it, uh, uses it for personal development. Sure. Because sure. it helps you to, that's what I mean when I say you have to be very careful about uh, your subjectivity because when these things in history or things come up, um, one, as you can discover, then there are things that make you angry or, or happy mm -hmm. and then you want to put into whatever it is you are doing, right. um, your mainly feelings, emotions, or uh, beliefs of certain things. And one has to be careful about yeah. that. Um, I think what we try to do as, as teachers and a homeschooler uh, teachers is to uh, present everything as objective as possible. And uh, we, don't, we, we try to help the children form images in them, but not through our own agenda. Right. We have to be very careful right. about that. And it's difficult. For, for many people to know when it's their own agenda. That that becomes what we would call the blind spot. Yeah. So you don't even know what you don't know. Exactly. And so there it is informing you, and you're not even aware that it's informing you, and you are then teaching the children sort of your particular, you know, agenda of how you see life and and I think it's I remember I don't know and I exactly know his exact words but I always remember this uh, feeling that I got when I read this from Dr Steiner a long time ago mm. and it was about when you have these very strong emotions coming racing mm. on you of about anything anything stop yeah that is the first indicator what's 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 that why is that there? And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you have to be a robot. No, because mm -hmm. we all have feelings. No, yeah. But there is a difference between feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And it is when that emotion ri rises. Whatever it is the thing that makes you angry or mm -hmm. upset is when you need to, in that moment, stop. And perhaps you don't have the time to analyze it, but it, it you know, and to work on it. But it is the first, it's, it's very good for a teacher to keep a journal to keep it when you call it diary whatever and, and to be fair it doesn't have to be always a negative no uh, no it emotion. could also be it can a, be over excitement exactly. and eagerness uh these are, that's these what are I, emotions I, exactly. that, yeah, that's are what not, I, I use emotions right. because when they're extreme is when it's a little alarm for you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and i that's what i i meant the coming about doesn't mean you have to be neutral that's not what i meant no. at all right. because we all but it, it's, it's almost like this pendulum that goes from one side to the other. We mm -hmm. talked about this before. Um, and it doesn't mean, because we're humans, we have this always pendulum moving and we have to because that's how we grow. Right. That's how we right. advance. That's how we are in harmony. We, if we're static, we don't. Right. We, we get stagnated like a water in a pond doesn't mm -hmm. move. Right. It, it stings. It, right. it, it putrefies. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't want that. But the problem is when we have this huge swings from one side mm -hmm. to the other that creates the antipathy and mm -hmm. sympathy that we talk about. So so just to just to go a little bit deeper for one second before we leave this, because I know it's mm -hmm. a little bit off track, but I think uh you know people people it's not so intuitive yet in the world the difference between um following a feeling and following an emotion. And so an emotion, as we've just alluded to, 
tends to be, um, and we could list them, but it's more important that one recognizes that, let's just take an easy example, anger or fear, or even let's just say uh, someone who's extraordinarily enthusiastic about something. Those can be emotions. That, to, 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 to tame those, does not, as you suggested, mean to become dead. Because a feeling, one can have a feeling for the truth, have a feeling for goodness, have a feeling for what's common sense in the midst of chaos. And that's something that can guide you appropriately. Whereas an emotion can oftentimes guide you um, incorrectly and inappropriately. And of course, the great virtue of malchut, of, of the earth, is discernment, meaning knowing when it's a feeling, when it's, it's, it's an emotion, when it's something that ought to guide you with strength and equanimity, and when it's something that's pulling you um, almost beyond your control towards something. Um, so if discernment or the ability to know whether it's feeling emotion, whether it's healthy or not, has as the, the vice inertia. So the vice of being on earth is inertia, which means, let's just say you can't discern which path so you do nothing. So that's the vice. Mm -hmm. So you're faced with a rather uncomfortable set of choices sometimes. I either do nothing, which is essentially the vice, or I do something and run the risk of being just wrong. And Take some, the risk. Yes, and as you know, sometimes doing nothing is the right choice. Correct. And right. that's where discernment right. comes. Exactly. So this is a very right. tricky situation. Right. Because, welcome to planet Earth. Exactly, because doing nothing doesn't mean because there is a difference between doing nothing because you're in, in inertia right. or doing nothing because you are waiting. Right. Good point. And you're being patient. Good point. Yep. And you are still awake because you are mm -hmm. observing. Right. So inside you, even though you're doing nothing, you are doing something right. because you are patiently observing and waiting and seeing mm -hmm. what is the right course of action mm -hmm. for that particular moment or for that particular mm -hmm. situation. Yep. Because as always, as you know, Differing in the person, the, the moment that you are, in the situation that you are, the event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, at some point, I, I've alluded to this each grade, um, and I'll I'll come back to it again, just just uh, quickly. The progression of the material that we that we teach in each grade has something to do with the evolution of humanity. So now, when you say we're talking about history, we're going back to essentially the beginning of humanity. Let's just call it the beginning of humanity. The evolution of consciousness, in a way. Right. In this particular, what we would call, epoch, um, which starts post-flood, because there's a human history that's before that, mm -hmm. which we won't get into right now. So there are correspondences in what we impart to the children without saying it this way at all, right? Because this would be ridiculous to but talk they, to but the they children. But actually, they actually see it and sense it because, like I said to you, the ancient Indian, because we start with that, mm -hmm. we do it through 
examples as I just gave that poem, you mm -hmm. know, with the words of Krishna, and mm -hmm. we they're beautiful, you mm -hmm. know, because you're an expert on that, mm -hmm. um, about um, the uh, stories about, you know, Krishna and all the, the, the brothers and, and, and mm -hmm. things that happen, mm -hmm. and they're just magnificent. Yeah, you yeah. can bring those yeah. stories and so that you can really illustrate in a child without telling these people were dreamers. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They 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 um are very very spiritual, mm -hmm. and you, the reason why they are is because you can see in their literature, in their poems, mm -hmm. everything was connected to the cosmos, to to the gods, to mm -hmm. to different kinds of gods right. that they have. Um, so that is an illustration, a a feeling. You get the feeling. You don't need to tell the kids. Sure. This is how they were. They, right. feel it they feel it because they can see it in the drawings. When right. you do the drawings, it's just like, oh. So incredible. And what we learn um, from, from Steiner was that more or less we all lived, had lives at this point in time, ancient India. And that what we're doing sometimes by going through this, the, the poems and, and, and understanding the history, is we are catching a glimpse of a past life without saying it that way much like you may review your history in childhood when you're an adult. And this, this, this serves you to know where you've come from. And then you can leave it behind. It can become part of you again. You can, you can recapitulate that. You can look at where you've been. You can look at where humanity's been. And you, as a part of humanity, have been there. We've all been there. And then you're free to move on, in a sense, to what you're here to do now. And so this is a, a wonderful way to study a beautiful culture, which is not someone else's culture. It's, it's our culture. We were all there, in a sense. And as we go through the, uh, the, the years, we go through more of these historical times which we were all also part of at some point at in time. some point in time we all sort of participated in ancient persia in in greece in rome and all of this made us both collectively and individually who we are today and it's important to go back and and taste that a little bit mm -hmm. um for for a variety of reasons and so it's quite poetic how it's all worked into the general progression through the years for the children um, without it becoming um, didactic. You know, you certainly and, kind of and, talk and, about and karma. Heavy, and yeah, right. Exactly, and heavy, right. because it's like, what right. do they know about it's just that? Beautiful, you know, it's not even right. important. Even you know? when it's ugly, it's beautiful. When we yeah. get to Rome and everybody's killing each other, you know, the kids are at that age where they love that violence in a way, and they have to sort of act that out to well, some degree. Well, it's almost degree. like a ho homeopathy, right? You know, and we we'll right. talk about that when we get right. to sixth grade, right. but it is homeopathy, right? And but anyway, so mm. um, just bringing back to mm -hmm. um, continuing with this, um, I um, have another example of um, a, the uh, Ahura Mazdao. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it because it's, it's, I think, you know, it's Sanskrit or ancient. Aura, Aura Mazdao. Aura Mazdao. And he was is, one of the gods. And Zarathustra, 
with mm-hmm. another huge person. Uh, Ahura Mazda was essentially the sun god. Exactly. You know, and, so, and yeah. Zarathustra is a, a, a another incredible mm-hmm. um, a, initiate, initiate, high initiate, high initiate oh, right. who was who belonged to this um, a group mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and where the Zoroastrian um, religion mm-hmm. or um, comes from. You know, it comes from, and um, this is an, an incredible being. I don't have time to go into yeah. it, but there are amazing stories. And um, a, I will, in, I will uh, also include books and things where um, people can go, uh, like uh, Tony Fincher has in one of his books, incredible stories about um, this um, personality, Zarathustra, and many other ones who, which are incredible that people can use or they can do, or at least it can ignite as it did to me, the, your imagination and you can go find other things, mm-hmm. but um, they are beautiful. So this is one um, poem or um, a prayer, you can say, that they will say to Ahura Mazdao, the, the ancient Indians. Uh, we revere thee, O Ahura Mazdao. We praise thee, O God of wisdom, Lord of life. We come to thee with our pure thoughts, with our pure words, with our pure deeds. We dedicate to thee the noblest teeth of our bodies, O Lord of wisdom, Lord of life. Thou the day's light, thou the highest of the high, thou who we call the sun. As you say, it was the God, the God, the sun yeah. God. And the Indians at that time, the ancient Indians, really did not like to be in earth. So everything mm-hmm. was about, right. you know, uh, revering the stars, right. the planets, the, the cosmos, because that's where they have just come from. So right after that, we go into the Persians, the ancient mm-hmm. Persian. Mm-hmm. And um, we can really sense through immediately, I mean, just through the stories, just through the poetry, just through things that we look into them, their culture, the, uh, again, ancient Persia, um, how different they were from the ancient Indians. Um, they had an impulse very strongly to transform the earth. So they learned how to work the soil. The, the Indians didn't do this, you know, the ancient Indians. This is very typical of the Persians. They, they learned how to toil the, uh, you know, work the soil. They domesticated animals. And they um, learned to make use of the goodness of the earth. That was what they were, in a way, purposefully looking or doing. And they actually believed that they were helping the sun god to conquer the darkness in the earth. And, uh, by, and they were doing this by their work and by transforming things that they were uh, doing every day. So you can see that in everything they did. And then we do this through, like I said, literature and stories and poetry. Um, here is another example of, for example, ancient Persia. Bear the sun to the earth. You, O human being, are set between light and darkness. Be a warrior of the light. Love the earth into a radiant dim- diamond. Transform the plants. Transform the animals. Transform yourself. So you can see right there, just by listening to a poetry, how different it is from mm-hmm. ancient India. So um, 
Then right after we do um, the ancient Persia, we go into Egypt, ancient mm-hmm. Egypt. And of course, again, I, I, I keep repeating this. This is um, done still in forms of stories, poetry, literature. We can do a lot of things that they, if we find things that they did, we can actually have activities that they can do um, there. For example, with the Egyptians, we can practice the hieroglyphics and do the, all of that. And if you are into Egyptian culture, I, I, I was, so I had a lot of knowledge of it and things like that. And I, so I showed that to the children and they can do that with ev- all the cultures that we study. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the, the, um, a, this particular group is not just about the Egyptians. It's about like the next great culture is the Chaldeans, mm-hmm. the Babylonians, the Hebrews, and then the Egyptians. So we started them not as a group, but we bring it because they were all connected, as you know. So um, they, um, we started all of them. And through this section, we bring very strongly the, the poetry and the literature because you can contrast them, not by comparing them, but by just doing it, like doing certain poetry. You know, uh, I don't speak ancient uh, Egyptian, or mm-hmm. um, I do a little bit Hebrew. Um, and the other languages, but you can actually, even if you don't speak it, if you read some of the poetry as it is, you will sound, you will hear in your in your ear the difference between how it sounded one mm-hmm. one language and mm-hmm. how it sounds the other one. So, for example, um, this is a prayer to Isis. Mm-hmm. you know, from the Egypt, ancient Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's sure. long, but I would read a little piece so you can hear it. Nehes, 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 Nehes em Hotep, Nehes em Neferu, Nebet Hotepet, Weben em Hotet, Weben em Neferu, Nedhrer en Aknar, Nefer em Petet. You can see that the, mm-hmm. the, the um, actual... Um, repetition of certain mm-hmm. letters or certain names, mm-hmm. almost like a chant. Mm-hmm. You see? Nehes, nehes, nehes. And mm-hmm. what this means is awake, awake, awake. Awake in peace. Awake in beauty. Rest thou in peace. Rise thou in peace. Rise thou in beauty. Goddess of life. Beautiful in heaven. And it mm-hmm. keeps going. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. So when you do this with the children, they go... Nehes, nehes, nehes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just mm-hmm. get really into it. And then you do the English version. Mm-hmm. And they really see it. Woo. And mm-hmm. then you see the picture of the magnificent Isis, you, you know, in all her glory. So all of these images and pictures, again, awakens these feelings in the children. And some of them gravitate towards, like I say, cult- this ancient culture strongly, um, not the whole class. Some mm-hmm. would like certain ones than others. Right. Sometimes you could see as a class, they actually love something, you know, yeah, that's just yeah, how yeah. it happens, but no classes are that way. Mm-hmm. So um, also the Egyptians love the earth. They love the earth very much. So you can see it in some of the things they did. They mummify, they also love their bodies. So they mummify their mm-hmm. bodies. And mm-hmm. we don't have to go into, at that age, the details about what they did mm-hmm. <laughs> with the bodies yeah. and that they took their brains out and all of the organs. Um, we don't need to do that. But um, there may be some children who are really into that. So right. you could get a little, little bit to them to go into. But um, it's not about that. It's about the beauty, how they actually, at this 
so far along, long, long ago, they perfected these mummifications and what they what they did is, mm-hmm. and that they bury um, the people with their possessions. And why mm-hmm. was that? Because you know, people are like, "Oh, why didn't they they they, they open the the." And they used to do it in caves. Of course, we had the pyramids, but yeah. those were only for the pharaohs, right. you right. know, and people who right. were right. very important. But in general, mm-hmm. for most people, they were just caves, rocky caves, where yep. they bury the people. But even if it was somebody who didn't wasn't that important, they still buried them with their possessions. And it was because they thought that they would bring this to the afterlife sure. and that yeah. they needed to have all of these yeah. things with them. It's fascinating. Yeah. So yeah. you already can see the development of the human consciousness. And so you, you can you can feel if you if you think on that you can really sense how um, the evolution of our consciousness, meaning just you know our awareness, what we think about, who we are, is evolving. How at this at this point, you know, uh, the Indians uh, were were almost didn't want to become become part of Earth. The ancient Indian. Was a was a dreamy, beautiful, exactly. uh, still in the spirit world culture hadn't even really landed, and now we're talking about the Egyptians who don't want to leave or want to take their stuff with them. They're so in love with the earth, and putting your judgments aside, it just shows how the evolution of our consciousness as human beings has evolved, and you can. Well, I'm sure you'll talk about the the next cultures that mm-hmm. come, and and then in our current culture, and how we feel about death, and how uh, you know how that reflects on our consciousness, and we can make some broad statements about where we're going. At some point, right now, we'll we'll just move on, though. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and for example, you can actually contrast it if you want to, like because at the time, and as we learn. In third grade, with the Old Testament, there's a lot of stories that are happening in Egypt, in Babylonia, you know. So that's what I said. This this particular piece of the great cultures mm-hmm. come together because they are they are um, that they, they are sort of related. Yeah. yeah. And then you can use also a little um, a poem from the Hebrew people, mm-hmm. the ancient Hebrews, um, which come from, of course, um, the Bible, the Genesis. And it has nothing to do with religion again. This mm-hmm. is still a poetry. Mm-hmm. For example, you can do it a little bit in Hebrew and then do this, the, the English. Like, Berache baron alohim, el hashajim bet haretz. Beharetz hajetatu bahobhu. You will do it better than me. <laughs> but, uh, and it keeps going. And that what it means is, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So these constructing things uh, make the children really feel the difference mm-hmm. how, uh, or, or how similar they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, this, again I, I, I make this remark because sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't want to use the Bible or whatever. Mm. And I... You know, many of us feel that that's a disservice because it's the same thing as saying, well, I'm not going to use the Vedas because that's a religious book right. of the ancient Indians. But it is so beautiful. Every yeah, um, spiritual text from all cultures have so much richness right. that I feel it will be a lost 
for um, humanity if we didn't have this, because we all together create um, almost like the whole pie. We're all different pieces of the pie, and it creates, you know, if we uh, grow and, and are able to see the beauty that everybody has, that contributes in different ways and different times of our evolution, it has contributed to bring sure. us where we are as a uh, citizens of the world let alone human. let alone the fact that um a person today in a physical body generally speaking has no idea who they were in previous lives and in fact if we could pull back the veil it ought to, it would be i'm sure very interesting to see who's up the in arms the veil of isis the veil of isis <laughs> <laughs> who's up in arms in favor of one particular culture historically, and who's up in arms against a particular culture historically, and then God pulls back the veil and shows how you either were or were not related to. I mean, I'm sure there were there are fascinating instances of people who are against a particular culture which they were a part of in a different lifetime. In a different lifetime, and 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 the reverse, there are people who today are against a particular culture of which they were against in a past life for whatever reasons. I mean, when you, without trying to sound too too scientific about this, because it, it's a very delicate subject, one has to just open up to the possibility of what is it that's driving you so hard now for or against something, something if you could just reflect for a minute that maybe your relationship to that thing in the past was, was something you can't even fathom, but just consider that you may have been a very much a part of it or, or against it, and that may be driving you, and that, that's, that's dead and gone. And so um, uh, it's part of our sort of unconsciousness, I think, of, of karma and, yeah. and reincarnation, which is a subject yeah. which it's time for us to take on in a healthy manner, in a very careful manner, uh, without a lot of quick um, sort of truisms that I think, um, yeah, yeah, karma is not payback. It's you know this is it's much more complicated. Yeah, so exactly, anyway, exactly, yeah. and that in itself is another uh, perhaps topic for another podcast yeah, because sure. it is part of um, our uh, anthroposophical background that Steiner the intensive um, gifts for humanity to help mm. us, uh, to guide us, mm. um, so that we could explore, like the ancient Greeks, which we're mm. going to go into now, know thyself. It comes from that. If you do not know yourself, mm. you cannot know anything. Right. And it is because knowing yourself helps you to see when you are go about to fall into the abyss, mm. Or when you are actually walking towards unconditional love, mm. truth, goodness, whatever it is that, that the virtues are. And of course, it is a one step at a time. And we all fall. We all have errors. Mm. We are we're humans. We're imperfect. Mm. We perhaps are in the our journey is to get to perfection. I don't to, to total perfection. I don't know. I don't know mm. how long it's gonna take us. Mm. But for now, I think um, that's uh, ideally what helps us to 
keep a reality check on ourselves. Do you actually know yourself? Do you know yourself? Mm. And if you keep, I mean, of course you can say, oh yeah, of course I know myself. Really? Mm. And then you go explode there with somebody who, sure. who says something that you yeah. were like, whoa, I don't know what right. happened. Why did I right. react that way? You know? So yeah. it is a very delicate um, yeah. um, equilibrium that one yeah. has to sort mm. of walk. But anyway, so that- let me, let me give one further yes. example, which is coming up into mind, which is, I mean, we're way off topic, but Okay, yes. so what? Well, we're talking about, we're going to talk okay. about greed, and that's what I th <laughs> so brought before, it, not ourselves. <laughs> so before we leave the, uh, the, the, the current epoch you're talking about, which is the Babylonian, Syrian, Chaldean, and Hebrew, there's an example which refers to karma, which I always found interesting, um, that the personality of Judah the Maccabee was a very important personality in, in, in the Jewish religion. and um, he was well, the, the Jewish history, because it is a it's part of history, right? You know, right. For the Jew, the Hebrew people, right. He was a very important figure during the time of Greece because he apparently sort of led the revolt against the Greeks when the Hebrews were were trying to hold on to their culture. And I won't give a long history lesson on that. Just suffice it to say that here was an individuality who was a very strong, very powerful individual who spent his entire life defending his belief system uh, mm -hmm. in, in the face of oppression from the Greeks, from the Greeks. at uh -huh. that time. According to Dr. Steiner, he reincarnated as Judas in the time of, of Jesus. And what makes it fascinating and relatable to what we were talking about, about what's driving you that you might not even know, he was a follower, obviously, of Jesus, but he was obviously the one who's quote betrayed Jesus. And the the reason that Steiner gave for this betrayal was that although he loved the Christ and, and Jesus at the time deeply, he was torn because in his past lives, so much a part of him was defending the tenets of Moses and the Ten Commandments and being a Hebrew that he was conflicted because essentially Jesus was saying, it's time to let that go in part. Not that it was wrong, but we're, we're, we're building on that now. What, what I'm bringing is something that-, that it, it is developing into what- Right, that it, it it's will be, become. This is what it's supposed to become, and we're, we're working with what was before, and we're building and we're going to the next stage. And he just couldn't reconcile that. There were times when he couldn't, when he couldn't, and so ultimately, he felt he was betraying something deep in him that even he didn't know. And this is why he, quote, betrayed uh, Jesus and then, and then repented afterward and, of course, was forgiven and, and redeemed. But it's a fascinating story when you think about a person in the life who's, who's being driven both for something and against something, and he didn't but know he, 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 that he, he was Judah the Maccabee, and this was what was, there was so much a part of his, his spirit or his soul yeah. That that's why he well, couldn't it, just. It gives you the whole picture because mm. it makes you, in a way, get yourself out of right. that and see it almost in a banger point right. where you can actually right. see right. the story, the the life okay. of somebody, and you go, oh, right. instead of hating somebody, right. it makes you almost have compassion, right. and empathy and for, for the development of this soul, right. of this human being 
who did in a way a lot, whether it was good or not. could then, in addition to doing what you just said, which I agree completely, having compassion for another, you could look at yourself and detach and say, who am I? What do I do? Exactly. What am I drawn well, these are all to? Role models and examples. What am I? What am I drawn to? What am I repulsed by? Mm-hmm. What is it in my past that could possibly be driving me toward that? What about my past is informing me now in ways that don't even really make sense to me? Much like the example of Judah Maccabee and Judas, and that's a it's something that if one really meditates on that, you can you can kind of re- look down upon yourself and maybe gain some insight as to why you are drawn to certain things and then it's difficult for you other things. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That, I, I think that we have not really gotten into biographies right now because mm-hmm. this is not the time yet. Mm-hmm. Meaning, in in the in the grades we use that in middle school, but this is where, and we'll I'll talk more about that later and also in high school how biographies are so important mm. because they connect to what you just said, to your own biography. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yep. there are personalities mm. that you meet that you go, oh, yeah, right. this they is impact a, you. And they impact you, whether mm. it is a moment in the person's life that you're studying. And of course, when you are in, in middle school and in high school and even an adult, it, it, it rattles you because you see sometimes, my God, I had... A, always being influenced by this personality or I always love this personality. Mm-hmm. And then when you study the biography mm-hmm. and you, meet, you, you read a specific thing in that life mm-hmm. of that person that connects to something that you have experienced mm-hmm. or you have done, or sometimes exactly the same event that happened to them mm-hmm. or that him or her happened to you and how it has shaped you, it, it, it rattles you inside mm-hmm. yeah, because it yeah. makes you realize, wow, and then he awakens something beautiful mm-hmm. because it makes you really pay, pay attention to those little details mm-hmm. in your biography too. Yeah. So that brings it to what you said. So, um, Greek. That comes mm-hmm. next. Okay. So um, this is a culture that, as most people know, perhaps, that is so rich, so rich, that has been called the Golden Age mm-hmm. for many reasons. And we don't have a lot of time to go mm-hmm. into all the details, but, um, and again, on this gray, we had con- uh, bringing up all of this, and I should put it a little that it actually becomes awaken again in high school in in ninth grade in 10th mm-hmm. grade when you study mm-hmm. uh, ancient history mm-hmm. you bring like we i i did with my son this past year where he was 10th grade you awaken everything mm-hmm. into the, this all of these cultures that we are mm-hmm. just talking about in fifth grade it gets awakened again there yeah, exactly. but of course then you can go into yeah, all well, the right. details of the uh, history because they they really love it you can also tell stories, but you mm-hmm. can then go into really mm-hmm. uh, the historical mm-hmm. part and things that are much more, um, you know, de- details that you don't need to go into when you are in fifth grade. You know, there is still story and literature and, and things. So um, 
the humans at this time, the ancient, I'm talking, when I say Greeks, I'm talking about the ancient Greeks. We're all, you know, I, right, I, I'm, I keep repeating because I want to make sure this is ancient. Right. No, right. These were know, the predominant cultures are, at that the time existed that, at that influenced time. the whole, the whole world. world. Right. We're not That's talking about modern day no, Greeks. No, this right. is what I said about ancient right. India, ancient Persian. These are Got all it. cultures that have mm -hmm. an impact into what it, be, it has become our world right. in a way. So, um, they, these humans, these Greek, ancient Greeks at this time, spend their entire day making life beautiful. Mm. They love the earth as no other people have. The Egyptians love the earth, but not like the Greeks. Mm -hmm. the e and they were in heaven, mm. in their sun bathed island. Mm. And as we can see from the poetry, from the art, from the everything, from the statues they created, it was just incredible what mm -hmm. they did. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes I even think, whoa, mm -hmm. this is like so long ago, and well, these people have made these things. It was incredible. And of course, we also know that they were negative. Every culture had their bones sure, on the negative. So we don't need to go right. at this age into, for example, in a time of the Greeks, where some groups of the Greeks, when, when a child was born, defect they throw it on the abyss so they right. try it on the cliff or they abandon it right. in the middle of the forest right. we don't need to go into that because right. that that's really no um, um it's, it's too dark for that yeah, age right. we can do that when we are in 10th grade and we can mm -hmm. go into detail about mm -hmm. what you know happens and mm -hmm. and about the spartans and about this and about that and why they did that without judgment but without right. trying trying to understand who who these people mm -hmm. were and why would they do something like that right. you know mm -hmm. and that actually opens a perspective for the student to even dig deeper and understand yeah. humanity today sure. you yep. know it's always history always yep. serves for that so um interestingly the greeks as the persian and the egyptians as you know where they worship the sun mm -hmm. all of them Mm -hmm. They had names, different names for the sun. Um, they had different verses, different prayers, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. all were sun worshippers. Um, so through the beautiful poems and literature, um, they, um, you know, it's almost like you connect them through the past to today, but without talking about today. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very interesting, as you know, history like I said, brings us into ourselves, even if we're not talking about today. You know, we're talking mm -hmm. still about the ancient mm -hmm. people. Um, and then again, they all we all do it through literature and, and poems and uh, stories. And they actually learn what is it like, what, what was it like to be like them? And we do it through, like I said, with the Egyptians, the hieroglyphics. We can learn different dances that they did at that time foods that they that ate. I mean, there's so much that you can do to have the children experience these um, people at these different times in history. Geography. Geography in this grade, we already told in fifth, fourth grade, they start with the local surrounding mm -hmm. areas. Now it talks about American geography. Mm. And of course, again, fifth grade is not to learn about everything that happened in the American, in the U.S. Right. geography, and, and then immediately go into uh, history, because this is not the time. And that's what I said. We separate geography and history. 
So um, geography, we go to the different, I mean, this, co this country is so rich, it's so huge, and it has so many cultures, so many regions, so mm. many climates, so many different geography uh, in, within the same country. Like if you go to the south, you go to the west, you go to the north, everything is so different. Mm -hmm. We know because we have moved so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have experienced <laughs> how this country is so rich. So again, the study can be done through cooking, through dances. Mm -hmm. through, you mm -hmm. can go through the regions. What is it that it is eaten in different? What was they were they were they ate at different times? Who were the people who were you know the majority who live in those regions? Um, all of that. Then the climate differences. What does that mean? What do we plant? What do we eat in certain areas because that's what is given in that region? And this is in preparation to later on when we study. Uh, world history. I mean, I mean, world, uh, no world history, world, world geography, when mm -hmm. we actually connect. So again, we're going from us to the world in geography. Yeah, so okay. we're starting like that and we do all of this so that when we get to be starting other parts of the world in the geography, we can see, we can sort of uh, sense, feel the difference without, and not the difference saying, oh, they are different, but like it makes it awakens in the children. My observations are that it awakens this, oh, they love it, you know? And many, many um, schools, Waldorf schools, um, study foreign languages and they have different foreign languages that they study. Some, some schools study German and Spanish or French or uh, Russian or Japanese or Chinese. So it, all of that is in, in itself uh, wonderful um time to experience those cultures through the and the foreign language are done that way mm -hmm. that is very connected through language and culture and mm -hmm. everything that they customs right, and right, they very right. connected so the kids are always exposed to these things so as i mentioned to you this is a time where we need to uh, awaken new subjects like i talk about history as a mm -hmm. separate block we also continue with the animal studies as mm -hmm. we did before. Remember, animal mm -hmm. in relation yep. To, yep. to human, but we do it much more in depth. Mm. More, uh, more animals, animals that are a little more, more, you know, a little different. Um, you know, we can study uh, the specialty of the giraffes or the the cow that has four stomachs. I mean, we can go into much more detail. Um, and more uh, study more of more uh, like I say obscure animals um, in the sense no obscure but more rare animals mm -hmm. let's say you know because we don't have a lot of time we cannot start all the animals of the world right, <laughs> you know right, we can right. study a few and I didn't mention in, that in fourth grade we do something and you may remember this the animal project huge mm. animal project the kids love it they pick yeah. an animal they study they focus they create the entire habitat our son a uh, pig the platypus, remember, yeah, yeah. and he loved, he did he did an incredible work with that. So, anyway, so that's and if you did not get a chance to do it in fourth grade, if you're a homeschooler parent or whatever, you can do it in fifth grade and do it even more in depth because the child will be older and more mm -hmm. capable of doing even more mm -hmm. in depth things. Um, and then we introduce botany mm. in fifth grade plants, but we don't study plants as removed from their environment, meaning just like, okay, this is a plan, this is the, the inside of the plan. We, we don't do that. We study um, 
plants as an part or as an organism of the whole entire earth, mm-hmm. how they sprout from the earth. Mm-hmm. And we um, look at plants as um, the, you know, the different parts, like the root is pretty much the only thing that is connected to the mineral air, uh, part of the earth, because mm-hmm. earth is mineral. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the only part, the root. Everything else is outside. Mm-hmm. And like the middle part of the plant is in, in a way in between the earth and sky, yeah. you know, the stalk and the leaves. Mm-hmm. And then the blossom is a production, a creation of the warm light mm-hmm. of the sun. And then and this, this creates, and of course, there are stories that you can do and how you can create images and drawings that the children really imagine this. Um, it creates a reverence for another kingdom of the earth. You know, we, mm-hmm. we did the animal kingdom, now we're mm-hmm. starting the plants, mm-hmm. different plants, and you can study the trees and other trees in the bark. The, 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 the mineral kingdom is solidified in the tree as the bark. But um, so, so there is so much richness in this. Mm-hmm. And for example, you can take um, a, one of the, 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 you know, if you love herbs, and plants like that. And if you know, that's let's just say mm-hmm. you love that. Sure. You can really study mm-hmm. the different types of plants and what is the importance or how can they be healing powers. Um, so many, I mean, Steiner said in many, many occasions, uh, many of his different lectures, that every single plant in the earth was an antidote for a human illness. Mm. And yeah. of course, we haven't discovered all of sure, them. We're right, still, but right. then he 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 said, "Be aware that every single everything we need to cure ourselves in exists plant. in the plant." Yeah, I think we all the kind of know that intuitively, but uh, yeah. Well, then so you know, we're still, we're, you know, we're we have there. we have we're getting, we're getting there. there. Yep. We 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 have done a lot of progress mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, uh, with alternative medicine mm-hmm. and with all mm-hmm. the the the. the different uh, moralities that have a sprout using plants. Mm-hmm. So for example, the dandelion. Oh, when you're in, I, I think I, I remember, perhaps I brought this story in the early childhood, the dandelion, how um, magical this plant is for children. How is mm-hmm. this sits there like a little sun on the, mm-hmm. on the, yeah. on the grass, and yeah. then it transforms into this like, white little thing yeah, that you yeah. can pick up and you, whoo, blow it yeah. and the children yeah, love it <laughs> and you know so even though that was in early childhood you can bring the um poetry of the dandelion for example and you can um they will love it they mm-hmm. actually they love it because yeah, i have right. seen it because yeah. they all remember if they were in, in waldorf when they were in early childhood they might have heard this poetry mm-hmm. but you connected to the study of the dandelion that you could study it mm-hmm. now and you can bring any, any, this is just an example, any mm-hmm. plant uh, that you want, but this is just an example because it's so magical in a way. And, you know, it's like, for example, the dandelion, yellow as gold, is this poem. Uh, that, oh, dandelion, yellow as gold, what do you do all day? I just wait here in the tall green grass till the children come to play. <laughs> oh, dandelion, yellow as gold, what do you do all night? I wait and wait till the cool dew falls. And my hair grows long and white. Mm-hmm. 
And what do you do when your hair grows white and the children come to play? They take me in their dimple hands and blow my hair away. I don't know if yeah, you remember yeah, our kids yeah. doing this. So this can bring in fifth grade. They already know it. They can do it. They can do it. And they, can, they can write now because in, in early childhood, we don't do that. They can write a poem. They can do the drawing. You can talk about it. And you know what? You can bring it back in 11th grade yeah, right. when we do botany. But botany, it is done as a microscopic study now. You study the plant yeah. in the little mm -hmm. details of the inner plant. And I don't know if you remember mm. when our daughter was um, in, a, in 11th grade and she created, you know, that she was in this block and mm -hmm. she created the, the main lesson book. Her teacher told us that she was blown away by her main lesson book. Because she said, I can actually see how she was a scientist in a different past life. Mm -hmm. Because her book is like one of those ancient um, studies of uh, what you have, uh, everything in black and white. Yeah, and they were just Grey's Anatomy. In, kind of, like Grey's Anatomy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in plant. And yeah. she was blown away. She'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So those are examples. Like if you're open, you can see in a child and you go, whoa. And then you can awaken in that child teenager uh more in depth things because you see that there is something there that needs to be awakened stronger mm -hmm. you know so um yeah the the last two things is the math is continuing um mm -hmm. a study of fractions mm -hmm. and we introduce decimals mm -hmm. this is when we uh do the jump but they are study in a way together in in this age because meaning we don't drop the fractions we keep using it and we sort of see what is the the corresponding of this fraction in decimal and how this decimal is in fractions mm. so the, this yeah. connection between them yeah. we study that in depth too and just to remind remind as a reminder everything is done in um experiential mm. you know it's no nothing is done abstractly it's always yeah. brought to everyday life everything and um, the umbrella, as I have said before, the umbrella stories for this uh, year are the um, uh, stories of the Greek epics and legends. This becomes, these legends and uh, epics become a source of storytelling um, in the history block. And then, like I said to you, we sometimes do two history blocks, and the second one will be concentrated in Greece because it's connected to the Greek Oli um, Olympics. Mm. No, the Olympics that we do today, because mm -hmm. that comes from ancient Greece, right. but the actual way that they did it. Gotcha. And usually in all world of schools around the world, yeah. um, they do this at this year. Yeah. At the end of the yeah. year, they do sort of type of, no, it's not even a competition. It's just they recreate sure. the Greek I Olympics. Remember we remember with that with our children. Yeah. And they, uh, for example, they usually they have in a, in the area that they are, they connect with different uh, Walder uh, uh, schools, and they do these these Olympics, mm. mini Olympics within them in a friendly way. Right, and they do all the they, they don't do the things the 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 games that they are doing now. They uh, learn to do the 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 games that were done at that time, and of course at that time the Greeks uh, did them naked. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, that's right, how it was right, because sure. they thought that the most beautiful thing was the body of the right, human being. Right. Of course, the kids get up, ah, 
oh, Kikara yeah, when they learn yeah, right. that, but of course we don't do that. But. And you say it was it's done in a friendly way, and it is, but um, there was a very, I remember, you know, the boys wrestle, and they throw javelin, and there's a lot of um, very uh, strong, uh, competitive, healthy competitive energy that was really quite beautiful, because they were, I remember watching the kids wrestle, and um, boys and girls, they both, they all girls, do it. Yeah, and um, and and they were they were really really putting their heart and soul into it. And when it was over, it was really over nicely, and it was, it was very. It's like you know, there's a they part take, of they took it really seriously. They take it very too. seriously, and you know, in a sense, it's not for the faint of heart because the kids want to win. Yeah. At the same time, they 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 graciously lose, and it's really quite beautiful to yeah. see because you you you. You know that anything's possible when the human being can strive that hard, and 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 upon failure, be gracious to the winner. Yeah. It's quite really beautiful to yeah, watch. Yeah, and and they this does not just happen, uh, that meaning they don't just create the recreate the Greek Olympics at the end. This is um, they practice and yeah, they practice sure. in the PE. In mm -hmm. the PE, this is when they practice mm -hmm. all of these in preparation to that. And through all of these games, through all the, the years, but especially during this year, they learn, the children learn to healthy competition and then you let go. Right. Whether you win right. or you lose, right. you win with grace. Right. And that's what they did. The ancient Greek, Greeks did that. Right. So mm. anyways, yeah. um, I hope that this yeah. created a, a, a picture of the whole... Um, uh, I, 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 you know, one image of the fifth grade. Yeah, of. yeah, it is. You can feel through our conversations how it's all evolving, changing. Yeah, along with the individual, the student, um, as he or she goes from it's a little baby to you know a budding human being. So it's quite beautiful to see how, um, when done well, the education process can, as you say, bring it out. In a person in a, in a beautiful way yeah so, yeah thank you and thank we'll, you for having me yeah we'll yes. see you soon for uh grade six six thanks for listening to this episode of anthroposophy today Check the episode description for a link to the blog post for this episode where you'll find additional content. If you have any questions or feedback, send us an email at anthroposophytodaypodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at www.anthroposophytoday.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.